available now at canonpress.com, is a brand new addition to the Christian Heritage series. J.C. Ryle's Thoughts for Young Men now joins the lineup. From the introduction by Michael Foster, quote, Ryle was a beast. His sturdy frame stood well over six foot. He was an accomplished oarsman and co-captain of a cricket team, and he wasn't just athletically disciplined. He excelled in academics, always near the top of his class. His physical and intellectual prowess is all the more impressive when you consider that he came from a wealthy family. He could have chosen to live as a molly-coddled rich boy, but instead he pursued a life of rigor. Ryle was tough by choice. Ministry wasn't a way for him to escape manliness, but rather to exercise it. Ministry wasn't a way for him to escape manliness, but rather to exercise it. Get J.C. Ryle's Thoughts for Young Men with an introduction from Michael Foster today at canonpress.com. So welcome to the podcast, episode 138. This is the 138th time I've done this, and it's hard to believe that you, at least some of you, have been along for that ride 138 times. So here we go. So for the last month or more uh, on my blog, I've been writing about virtually nothing but uh, the COVID-19 virus. Things change every day. There's, there are new stories, new reports. COVID is the gift that simply keeps on giving. I want to talk a little bit about the the state of the pandemic that wasn't actually a pandemic. I'd like to talk about where we are now, what information is coming in now. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, uh, there will be some differences, other other things will have come out, but things are starting to take shape. Um, things are starting to take shape now. We're We're starting to get enough time uh, behind us and, and enough distance on it to know actually what was uh, what we were hit with. Uh, we weren't hit with a virus that did pretty much the same thing to everybody. Um, one of the things that was striking about the Spanish flu at the beginning of the 20th century was that it was a beast that did uh, that knocked everybody out. So if you could be young and healthy and uh, and die as a result of the Spanish flu, or you could be old and infirm and die as a result of the Spanish flu. With the coronavirus, the vulnerable populations have been extraordinarily hard hit. But there are, as time has gone on, um, study after study has started to come out indicating that multitudes of people had the virus and didn't even know. Right? So we're not dealing with... Um, a flu bug, for example, that hits everybody, and everybody who has that flu bug knows that they have the flu. Uh, what we're dealing with is a virus that, in most cases, is extraordinarily mild, doesn't even rise to the level of a cold, doesn't even rise to the level of a common cold. People are functional, they go about their lives, and then a month or two later, someone comes and administers an antibody test and discovers that some time ago you uh, you had the covid virus because you have 
the antibodies to fight off that virus in your body. You had it, you fought it off, and you didn't even know. That is not to say that it's not a deadly virus. Apparently, it is a very deadly virus for those who are elderly, for those who have underlying uh, conditions, those who have heart problems, and so on. So this is not trying to minimize or make light of the individual tragedies that occur when, uh, when someone dies because they contracted the, the COVID virus. But this is basically a, a lopsided flu with a tremendous marketing team. So this is what would happen if you took a particularly bad flu season and you trained all the cameras on the tales of suffering that are occurring as a result of this flu, you could mobilize everybody into a state of high panic and get everybody to shut everything down. Um, the problem is we have flu season. In other words, we've had thousands of people die as a result of COVID, but we have to recognize that we have tens of thousands of people. We've had tens of thousands of people die because of uh, the COVID virus, but we also have tens of thousands of people die every flu season. We have seasons. So every flu season, um, you have tens of thousands of people die as a result of the flu. Now, this was a flu that were the res- obviously it's not the flu, but this is a type of virus that creates flu-like uh, conditions that are deadly for some and extraordinarily mild for others. Now, that's what we actually had. What else did we have? Uh, well, we were infected with something else, and that was a glib trust in scientific computer modeling. Uh, so uh, there, was a, there was a study out of Imperial College in, uh, in the UK that predicted 500,000 deaths in the UK from the virus, and which predicted upward, upwards to 2.2 million deaths in the United States as a result of the virus. Now, of course, it's not anywhere close, not anywhere close. So just as a practical matter, we can't be afraid. Basically, we can't be afraid. We can't be spooked. We can't be driven by fear. We should respond with prudence and intelligence to things that we know are happening. But if this, does, if this whole episode doesn't rattle your faith, in what experts claim to know what is happening, I'm not sure anything will. So let's do better next time. Always will be Podcast 138, uh, where we've come to our hamartiology section. Our word for this installment is asatos, which, and it means riotous. Asatos, A S O T O S. It is only used one time in the New Testament, and that is in the Lord's telling of the parable of the prodigal son. Okay? And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. There it is, asatas. Riotous living. That's Luke 15, 13. We are not given many details in that description, but we can piece together a few clues from the context. The older brother, after the prodigal's repentance, is a bit more specific. In verse 30, he says, But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. So we can conclude from this that the riotous living included sexual immorality, and that perhaps 
that immorality was at the center of the whole thing because the older brother says that this is where all the father's money went. The second thing is related to it. The father in the story was apparently quite wealthy, uh, multiple servants and so on, and he only had two sons. This means that the younger son came into quite an inheritance, and he blew it all. In verse 13, Jesus says that he wasted his substance with the riotous living, and he has the older brother say that the younger son devoured thy living. So Jesus says the younger son wasted his substance, and the older brother, using the words Jesus gives him, says he devoured thy living. The younger son was apparently a high-end wastrel. There was a lot of money involved. There were a lot of hookers. There were, you know, so this was, a, this was a binge. This was a bender. Now, the thing that I'd like to observe about this, who thinks that this prodigal, who wasted a substance, devoured the living, did it with harlots, you know, went, went on a tear, right? Who thinks that this prodigal, once repentant, needed to go to another party? Well, apparently Jesus did. So, my book review section for this uh, episode of the podcast, which is, you no doubt remember, episode 138, uh, the book I want to review is uh, a book called Preaching as Reminding, Preaching as Reminding by a gent named Arthurs. Okay, now, um, I've got a mixed bag review on this one because this is actually quite a good book with a lot of information that is off the beaten path when it comes to what normally comes up in books on preaching. So I, I've read a lot of books of preaching. I've, I've, I collect quotes out of books on preaching. And this, this book has quite a few uh, memorable things, quite a few takeaways. His, uh, his basic argument is that preachers are remembrancers. Uh, they are remembrancers. The job of the preacher is to help the people to recall, to help the people to remember what they know, to not forget what they know. And he gathers a bunch of um, um, information uh, from all over the scripture. He comes at this from a bunch of unique angles where the, um, it's important, and he shows how in the, the scriptural task, the, the scriptural task that is assumed by uh, the writers of the, of the scriptures is that of keeping the people in mind of the things they need to be mindful of. Don't let, not letting them forget, not letting it drift away, not letting them decline into forgetfulness. Taking this as his uh, thesis or the thing that he's working with, he had quite a lot of striking material, which I was very um, uh, grateful to encounter. It, it was just a very good book that way. The other thing is that you can tell when you're reading, you know, I've, when I read books on preaching, I've profited from uh, all kinds of books on preaching, uh, books on preaching by Roman Catholics and books on preaching from mainline Protestant uh, liberal types, uh, uh, books on preaching from evangelicals. If you look at the, the kind of people that um, Arthur's cites, so he, he marshals a bunch of scriptural arguments, and it's really uh, good there. Uh, but he, he quotes, you know, he'll quote uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and he'll quote Spurgeon. Uh, so he, he's not the kind of person who, um, who quotes obscure German scholars that only a, liberal, uh, only a liberal who went to a liberal seminary would know about. He's apparently in the evangelical tradition, and that's, that's what was um, the discouraging part of this book. 
And um, as I think I put on my Goodreads um, uh, review, this book is like uh, finding a slug in a really great salad. All right. The, the, the salad is great, but there are a few passing, uh, you know, what, what, what was that for? And, uh, and what I'm talking about is there were a few passing references where he simply assumed that the preacher could be a woman. All right. So you've got this uh, scripturally based, theologically informed, quoting the right guys, giving new information that, uh, that you could really profit from. And then just in passing, he says, oh, this is what, the, uh, this is what the, the woman minister might say. This is what she might. This is what she might do. Well, eh.